Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, friends, today in honor of the feast day of St. Dominic, I think I should finally tell you the true story of why and how I am not a Dominican priest. You want to know this story? It's a true story. So it's the fall of 2010. I was studying in Rome. I was studying philosophy, um, just totally engrossed in Thomas Aquinas and Max Scheler and Wojtyla and all these things. And I was really um, just soaking in the masters and um, working on my senior philosophy thesis. It was a deep look at... Um, the relationship of the mind to the body, the way that consciousness is a proof for the immateriality of the soul. So I was really steeped in this stuff, and I was falling more and more in love with um, the truth, right? The truth. We talk about the three transcendentals, the true, the good, and the beautiful, and I was becoming more and more convinced as a 21-year-old, 22-year-old, zealous college seminarian that, man, if just the world knew the truth, then we'd have more Christians. So it's more complicated than that, I know now, but... I was convinced of this. And I started falling in love with the Dominican order. And, you know, being from Cleveland, we don't have, like, Dominicans walking around. So I never really grew up seeing Dominicans. But you go to Rome, they're everywhere, right? So I was seeing these Dominican priests, these really awesome, long, white-habited dudes and Dominican nuns walking around. I'm like, they look so cool. And I, would, I just started thinking, you know, I'm, I'm about to graduate from Borromeo, go off to St. Mary's. But I've never even paused to consider, am I... Like, what if I'm called to be a religious priest? I've never discerned a religious order, never discerned the Franciscans or the Jesuits or the Augustinians or any of those orders, but like, maybe I should think about Dominicans. So I really began turning this over in my heart, meeting with a spiritual director, and it was getting to the point where I was like, I really need clarity on this. I really need to know an answer to this, because I was really feeling called to leave the seminary and apply for the Dominican House of Studies in Washington, D.C. And... So one day I decided God and I were going to have it out. I was going to have a whole day of prayer where he was going to give me an answer. Come hell or high water, I was going to know by the end of the day if I was supposed to be Dominican. So I went to Santa Maria Sopra Minerva, the church. It's like the mother church of the Dominicans in Rome. It's where Catherine of Siena's body is buried. Her head is in Siena, her body in Rome. Why they're separated, I don't know. She wasn't beheaded at her death. Anyway. So I went to Santa Maria Sopra to pray, ask for Catherine of Siena's intercession, St. Dominic's intercession, and I get to the church and it was basically empty, which is so unusual for these churches in Rome. There was no one there really. Mass had just ended, so there was incense still hanging in the air. It was beautiful, smelled fragrant and glorious. These clouds of, of incense still like hanging in the, in the church. And the organist, there was some guy just practicing the organ. It was this beautiful piece that he was playing. I walked into the church and it just felt like, man, this is, this is something. And I sit down in the pew close by the altar and I just start praying and I'm telling the Lord, I need to know, Lord, like give me a sign. And all of a sudden, this old Dominican friar like comes shuffling out of the sacristy. The guy's like 130 years old. And I'm thinking, I wonder how many parish missions he's preached, how many heretics he's converted. This guy right here, look at this. And it just felt like 
This was a sign, like my soul was being elevated, lifting up to the heavens. It was incredible. I'm like, man, when they write the biography of my life, this moment's going to be in that book. And I'm watching this friar come out of the sacristy, and there's this shaft of light coming in through the window, and it's illuminating the floor, this beam of light. And I'm watching him, and I see this friar. He's walking. All of a sudden, he walks into where the light is on the floor. He's about 15 feet in front of me. And I can see in that moment, about 15 feet in front of me, it, the light illuminates his entire white habit, and I can see that he's wearing nothing underneath. Absolutely nothing underneath. I saw everything. I'm 22 years old, and I want to gouge my eyes out. It was a moment where the Lord clarified my discernment so clearly, and that's why I'm not a Dominican priest. That moment right there, true story. It was a record-screeching moment. I, I think back on that moment, and I have to, I just picture the Lord up in heaven, like, playing that moment out, being like, calling over the saints, like, guys, watch this. He thinks this is when he's about to be called the Dominicans. And it just didn't happen. That's why I'm a diocesan priest, because that guy just got dressed in a hurry that morning. So, God's ways are not our ways. It's a true story. It's honest to God, true story. It's a true story. His ways are not our ways. I still love the Dominicans, and I still love St. Dominic, besides all of that. And uh, yes, I love St. Dominic. One of these days, I'll get to the cathedral in Bologna where he's buried, but um, I know I've seen images of it online, but if you, when visitors go to the cathedral in Bologna where he's buried, what you're first greeted by is this massive mosaic that depicts St. Dominic. Next to him is a little dog sitting on the ground with this torch in its mouth that's on fire. It's not a depiction of some weird pyromaniac game of fetch. This image comes from, this image comes from a dream that St. Dominic's mother had before he was born. So she was pregnant with Dominic, and she had this dream where she saw a dog with this torch in its mouth on fire, and this dog was running throughout the world, setting everything on fire. So she was confused by this, and she went to, she went to the monastery of Santo Domingo de Silos, and she asked one of the monks, what does this mean? And the monk said, that the child in your womb is going to be a great preacher one day. He will, by his words, he will set the world on fire for love of Christ and the church. And boy, has that happened. I, and I love this too, that the, the name Dominicans, I didn't realize this until I was just doing a little research for this homily, but the name Dominicans is a play on words, Dominicanes, which means the dogs of God. Domini, the Lord, canes, dogs. The Dominicans are the dogs of God setting the world on fire. So St. Dominic, along with his order, they certainly fulfilled his mother's dream. They tore through Europe and they preached with fire and passion, confronting in many ways predominantly the Albigensian heresy that had cropped up, especially out of southern France, which was a sort of, I don't know, um, a new edition of the ancient Manichaean heresy, right? Manichaeism says, essentially, the spirit world is the good world, the material world is the evil world. All evil comes from matter, bodiliness, sensuality. Everything that the spiritual life is about is about fleeing from the body, mastering, destroying sensuality, all of those things, right? Spirit good, body bad. That's Albigensian. And it took hold of southern France, and it was marked by this intense severity and austerity that its adherents really shunned everything having to do with the body, 
right? And you can see how this would be very problematic for a Catholic worldview where we are so incarnational, where the body and sensuality matters, right? The sacraments presuppose sensuality, bodiliness, right? We touch, we feel, we taste, we smell, all of those things. If you've ever seen the movie Babette's Feast, it's a really good depiction of what Albigensianism looks like, right? This family that is just every meal is bone broth and there's no seasoning, it's flavorless bread, and they all just look just dead, right? That's Albigensianism. And the basic gist is this, that like you could put it this way, if you're enjoying it, it's probably sinful, right? That's Albigensianism in a nutshell. So St. Dominic went to war against this vision of God and this vision of the human person and the spiritual life, which is partly also why I love him so much. I could never be an Albigensian. Never, ever, ever, ever. If Albigensianism was true, then the incarnation was blasphemy, right? God taking on flesh, God taking on our matter. What Dominic was preaching and teaching the world was that everything that God made is an icon, a sign, a little window that's meant to point to and prefigure to point us to the divine. It's a divine participation. And in large measure, the lives of the saints in particular are, are meant to be those great icons. So on this feast day of St. Dominic, let's ask for his intercession for the church, for the Dominican order, for preachers everywhere that they would be like him, those dogs of God with fire in their mouth preaching the word for the world. Amen.